good evening, good afternoon to wherever you are in the world listening to another episode of the Bar Am You podcast. I'm your host as always, Ba, and uh, I'm bringing you something different today. Uh, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while. This weekend I've been pulling my hair out. Uh, it's, it is tricky for someone that's very computer illiterate. Um, but I, with the help of uh, some Podbean friends for um, Scooter, big, big shout out to Scooter from... Uh, the Beans and Weenies podcast. Uh, he's helped me tremendously. What it was was I, I didn't have the most recent up version of uh, OBS. Um, the reason I'm telling you guys this, if you know, if you have any tips and tricks for what I'm presenting for you today, feel free to get them into the comments or reach out to me on my social medias and message me. Um, bear me, bear with me with this, guys. The the layout, you know, I'm I'm happy with it for a first time, but. Um, maybe adding some, you know, links and things where you can find me on the screen would be pretty cool. Because this is something that I do want to incorporate more into the show. Whenever episodes like the one I'm going to talk to you about today, which I'm sure you can see on the screen, Andrew Tate versus Piers Morgan. These videos do normally do well. I, I notice the numbers on some people that I follow when they do these things. They can they can really blow up. Um, also, the you know if if you've if you're running around in circles with people and they do a show and you want to add more to it, you can also do that and maybe criticize or add more to it. You know, it's 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 a handy way to I I call this commentary. It's commentary analysis or whatever. I don't know if that's the real term that we use, but um, I've been dying for this episode to come out. Uh, it's been long awaited. Piers Morgan and uh, Andrew Tate are two people that I have you know, followed throughout the past few years, Andrew Tate more so recently in the last few months, he's became a huge figure on social media and he's been kicked off of all platforms for the things that he says. Now, throughout this episode, I will be pausing it, giving my own analysis. Uh, it will sound a lot like I'm sticking up for Andrew Tate. However, I do want to premise that the, 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 the reason for doing this show is to expose or try to expose these two men as shills, uh, that this is all a facade, that these two men are actually working together to eventually curtail speech um, and control the narrative around men and women. Obviously, that's the thing that we've been seeing a lot of right now since Roe v. Wade was overturned. You had the Johnny Depp. You had previously before that, you had Will Smith and Chris Rock, which was over a comment made about Will Smith's wife which kind of sparked the whole gender war crap that's going on. And this is kind of built up to what I believe is, you know, with the, the banning of Andrew Tate, um, that it's going to start moulding the way that we talk about relationships, about women, about men. And uh, that's what this is all about. So these men may act as if they are against each other and this is a hostile environment and, and they really do disagree with each other. But for me, that ship has long gone. Yes, that ship has sailed a long time ago. These men are controlled puppets, part of secret societies, no doubt. Uh, I mean, look at look at Andrew Tate's hands. I'm laughing, but like doing this symbol, um, which is a symbol that's well that Donald Trump's well known for it. I'll put some images on the screen of, and and these are hand symbols that. You may think that I'm maybe being crazy and telling you that this means this, but it's actually what they tell you. 
you know if you type in freemasonic handshakes or freemasonic hand symbols you'll get the this which the media will try and make a mockery of or call the white supremacist symbol which it's not it's deflection tactics so what this actually means is there's the number six there's the number six and there's the number six so it's three sixes 666 this as far as i'm led to be aware what they're doing is they're making a triangle that points in a certain direction when they're saying things that are for the narrative that they want to create which is in my opinion a satanic uh, new world order new speak type thing um they they're pointing down to the to hell down to the ground because that is who they worship it is my belief and i know i haven't done an episode and i keep meaning to do episodes on secret societies such as freemasons skull and bones the the scientology and things they all work as a network as a brotherhood where they help each other get jobs help each other into powerful places but as you get higher up the ladder in these secret organizations these cults you get to level 32 33 and you realize that you're actually worshiping satan lucifer and that you're luciferian and you've got to do certain activities in order to you know get further in your career get more power and wealth and when they show these symbols on screen they're they know they'll get away with it because up until four or five years ago i didn't know what these symbols meant but when you look into them and, and this is what i'm saying anyone that's being skeptic right now take out your phone type into google freemasonic hand symbols freemasonic handshakes they tell you what they are because throughout time this stuff is leaked out they're whistleblowers they also have books um morals and dogma albert pike all these types of books that tell us but the thing is most people won't read them um so when people like me point out that they're holding their hands in that manner for a reason it's like oh away you go that's crazy talk but it's not it's there it's there in black and white it's there for you to see now the, as i say the lower level freemasons like i know freemasons and they think this is crazy as well because they're low level all they know is that they meet up on one day a week to you know converse with their fellow brothers and if they're out of work they'll be given a job you know they'll, they'll look out for each other so this talk is is crazy to them it, it it's is it's definitely how it how it works out so i'll try not be annoying and, and pause this episode and as i say i'm gonna premise that i do agree with a lot of what andrew tate says it doesn't mean i agree with him or like him in any way but i'm gonna try and justify so this is type of uh conspiracy slash polit political philosophy type show uh, all in one that I'm going to kind of show you where I believe Andrew Tate is, is right in what he says. He's all about traditional values. And I think traditional values are being lost and eroded away. And how they're being eroded away. Well, if you listen to my Illuminati episode, you'll know what was found on that uh, on the paper that was found written by An An Adam Weishaupt, Weiss uh, the, member of the, the founding member of the Illuminati, where he says that we must get a separate church and state and attack the family unit and when these types of things happen it's it's undeniable for me it's it's clear to see and this is why conspiracy theorists are right on so so many occasions because we know what the future is going to hold what it's going to look like and when we see 
gender wars like this, you know it's leading into what the, the future plan is. So I've talked enough. If you like the show, get the comments in. Um, uh, this is something, as I say, I'm going to do more often. And uh, this is the first of many, so enjoy. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, one of the most infamous men in the world, Andrew Tate's misogynistic tirades have been viewed billions of times online. He's now been effectively banned, though, from the internet. He doesn't think that's fair. Tonight, I'm going to try and work out if it is. From London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London and welcome to a special edition of Piers Morgan Uncensored. Andrew Tate, one-on-one. He's the most famous man you probably never heard of, with billions of views online. At one point this year, more people were searching Google for Andrew Tate than Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian. Former professional kickboxer, he was kicked off Big Brother in 2016 after a video emerged of him striking a woman in what they now both claim was a consensual sex game. He's since made millions as a pornographer and casino owner in Romania, but it's his online videos that have made him notorious across the world posing as a playboy with fast cars, cigars, weapons and cash. He rants about his often scandalous views on women. Or instruct a female to provide sustenance. Cook. So I think my sister is my, her husband's property, yes. Tells young men they can get as rich as him by paying for his digital life lessons. I have a hundred business tips I'm going to teach you which will allow you to make your own money instantly. But amid a global media backlash, the net has closed on Andrew Tate. While millions still share his videos, he's effectively banned from the web, booted off Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. To his fans, he's a misunderstood satirist and a victim of big tech censorship. To many others, he's a malicious misogynist. Tonight, I'll try and get to the truth. Well, some of the opinions Andrew Tate shares in his videos are undeniably deeply offensive. We're going to show you some of them on this show. I think you should see them for yourself, not simply hear what he says about them or what other people say about them. Tens of millions of people across the world follow Andrew Tate, and with a big following comes a big responsibility, as well as a public interest in holding his views to account. If outrageous opinions are read aloud, they can be challenged and exposed for what they are. If they're silenced, the person holding these views can become a martyr. So that's why I invited Andrew Tate to come here tonight, and he joins me now live. So, Andrew... Well, welcome, first of all. Um, you come all the way from Romania to Correct. do this interview. Correct. What, what do you hope to achieve from this interview? Why are you here? It'd be interesting to have a conversation with you. You've certainly been uh, the subject of your own divided opinions in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of people who would say some of the things you say are perhaps dangerous or toxic. Uh, so I thought you'd be a good person to speak to about this subject. I didn't know much about you before this year. Uh, and then I suddenly became very aware of you, as the world did. Because, as I said earlier, you, you, you were the number one subject searched on Google ahead of Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't think it was even possible. Why did you get suddenly so popular stroke infamous, do you think? I exploded. Uh, I certainly didn't do that with magic. I've been on the internet for a very long time. I think in the world we live in now, as the other side, the other side, the people who disagree with me, as they get more and more tyrannical in their censorships and their hate mobs, etc., as standard masculine practices are deemed toxic, I didn't put a magic spell on everybody. I managed to uh, accumulate a large amount of affinity with the male populace across the Western world because I'm simply saying things that many men believe, think, and feel. The problem, I would say, is I want to play you just a, a, 
the clip off the top. This is Sorry, just to interject there. To give context on my thoughts on these two guys uh, before the show, Piers Morgan is a guy that I've hated and there was a brief spell where I thought, you know, is he, he turning the corner and then he's just gone, you know, full-blown cuckery, you know, with, with the COVID uh, stuff, the way he was calling us COVID idiots and his rhetoric and, you know, ultimately, 100%, he's a shell. He's one of the main names in, in Britain, uh, the mainstream media. You don't get such a big reach in shows and all that if you're not controlled, in my opinion. Um, I remember watching the interview. One of the first times I ever saw Piers Morgan was the interview with uh, Ben Shapiro and then it was Alex Jones where they were both um, hating on him for his stance on guns and he wanted guns taken out of the hands of the Americans. And the way that he was doing it was so, so cringy. You know, there's something in me that when I hear men having views that Piers, Mer P Piers Morgan does, it's cringy. It really is. Um, and rightly so, Ben Shapiro and, and Alex Jones, who, again, I, I believe are shells, um, they destroyed him. And, and, you know, that was when I was like, this guy is just... Then there was the scandal where um, he... Something to do with... He believed that the government should have the ability to look into our voicemails and our messages and things, which led him to flee to America. Uh, don't quote me on that whole thing, but I need to look into that. But there was definitely a scandal involving Piers Morgan with that, that he ended up having to flee Britain. Then, with the, the, the Epstein crap, the there was a photo taken where him and Ghislaine Maxwell are stood there and, and he posts it on his own Twitter saying, anyone post this, I'm reporting them or I'm, I'm having it banned or whatever. So he has his own scandals and you'll there's a funny comment that gets made later on in the show that I'll, I'll, I'll remember what I've just said here. Now with Andrew Tate, a lot shorter period of time, he's only been around for a few months in my eyes since I joined TikTok in, was it May or June? Very early on, my, my feed was filled with Andrew Tate clips and I very really I very easily saw that one of the main reasons that I worked out he was a shill was he was getting away with saying things that you or I wouldn't. He was talking about COVID in a way that if I was to talk about it, I would be banned, my, my account would be taken down. He wasn't even getting the little warnings at the bottom of the screen. It, the reach that he was having was insane. Then I went and had a little look on... Uh, on the internet last night before I did this episode today and I see he has admitted that his dad was a spy for the CIA. I did see the clip where he's talking about a friend being reached out to by the Illuminati and all that which is basically a euphemism for, for him. Um, his hand symbols we've already touched upon. You know, um, everything reeks of him being propped up as a is a martyr uh, for saying these things, which will end up, and and this is my strong belief that the whole reason that Andrew Tate has been blown up and been put to the forefront with his speech is that they are going to curtail speech. Uh, it's like Newspeak when you when you read George Orwell, nineteen eighty four, the way that they censor speech. Now, it might not be you know this month, it might not be this year, but it's going to be very soon where they start censoring words and speech and language. And obviously at a time where it seems like the whole of 2020 has been about, you know, gender wars, you know, maybe, tw no, sorry, 2022, 
2020 was all about COVID and, and also we had the race wars in America with BLM and things. But this year seems to be more focused around the gender wars. You had Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. You had, it started off with uh, Chris Rock, Will Smith, which is about a comment made by Chris Rock um, about Will Smith's wife. Um, you've had the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So things like that. And, and don't get me wrong, guys, because I know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists, truthers, whatever, that follow me that might not like what I'm saying because they maybe love what Andrew Tate's doing. They maybe like Piers Morgan, although I would question that one straight off the bat. People like Joe Rogan, people like Russell Brand's a great example. Now, I've never listened to a full Russell Brand episode. However, I do get sent the odd clip from Russell Brand, uh, which, yes, guys, these people have to tell some truth they do their rhetoric is does look as if they are on our side but ultimately there's a hidden agenda there they're they're maybe keeping you guys subdued like the q movement which was all about trust the plan trump's only doing this because it's part of the plan just wait just wait it's all part of the plan so with people like alex jones russell brand joe rogan they may seem like they're on our side because they have to to gain a following you have to seem you have to almost be able to trick the masses to follow you and then once they have you subscribe watching and listening every episode they're then going to try and deflect you onto something else let's hate the bad guy let's hate this guy which isn't the real the real issue so for me things like that with Andrew Tate um blowing up basically overnight the numbers he was getting it's just it's obvious it's plain to see so yeah just giving you a bit of background on on my thoughts on these two guys before we go forward. Joe Rogan is somebody I absolutely love. Sure. And I think it explains to me what my, what I presume my issue with you is going to be, right? Correct. And you, right, you have absolutely got the right to try and persuade me otherwise. Sure. But Joe Rogan said this about you. My 12-year-old and my 14-year-old asked me about Andrew Tate. And what'd you say? What'd you say? I said he's a legit world champion kickboxer. I go, I like him a lot. Why do you like him? And I was asking him. And they said he says a lot of funny stuff on, on Twitter and TikTok. Well, he's f***ed up with the misogynist yes. stuff. Because if he didn't do that, if he just did the pro-male stuff. So I thought that was interesting because when I've gone over everything that's been at the center of the debate about Andrew Tate, I come down with Joe Rogan in the same... Uh, just pause quickly there. There's a reason why guys like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson's the other one that springs to my mind resonate so much with the, the young men of, of today's society is because a lot of young men, and, and I know a lot of the, the, the mainstream and the, and the people watching this might be rolling their eyes if you're on the left or you're against this stuff, is that men don't have the moral support nowadays that they did way back. Like There's some men out there, some boys out there that have never been hugged, never been asked, are you okay? And people like Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate, not so much Andrew Tate, but I can see why, the voices are, are resonating with them. These are men that are out there giving you strength and the faith and the heart and the bravery to, to go on. The, the mental health pandemic that we're in, and I mean, I, I just did an episode with my, my good friend Paul from the Green Sunrise podcast, and it's all about mental health. And it's it's crazy the numbers that of men that are offing themselves suicide rates the mental health pandemic as I say, and it's down to the lack of the, I I I do have a a thing about parents and how parents have gone down the drain nowadays that they're not looking after their children now. Some are through 
negligence you know it's on purpose that they're, they're just neglecting their kids they're bringing them up in front of tvs and ipads and, and technology and they're not really instilling good values and morals into them or maybe they just can't maybe they have to work they're, they're struggling they've got two jobs three jobs and the, the the state's bringing up their kids and you you know what i think about that so that's the real issue as to why these men are having a big impact on on uh men on, on young men and uh you know things like making your bed you know the, the 12 chapters of life the book by jordan peterson um it, it's it's a it's a world bestseller and you've got to ask yourself why men are screaming out for love unconditional love there's lots of pressure on men to provide for their families provide for their wives provide for their kids and there's no thanks men are just basically the tools of society with they get no thanks no love and uh, it's an issue. It really is an issue. So I just wanted to add that in there. It's the, there's a lot of stuff you say I agree with. You know, I've got three sons in their 20s. It's not easy actually being a young male in the modern world. Um, and I think a lot of the things that you say about that uh, can resonate with them. The problem comes with the, I don't know, 10, 20 percent or whatever of your output, which on the face of it appears to be blatant misogyny. And when you couple that with your massive influence and huge reach, that is why the social media companies have decided to effectively cancel you. I don't believe in cancellation. I don't believe in censorship particularly. That's why I've invited you to come on the show. Um, but I do think a lot of the things you've said are blatant misogyny. Do you, do you accept that? So you made a very interesting point there. You just said on the face of it appear to be blatantly misogynistic. Mm. I understand that on the face of some of the long format content I've made, if you're going to take a few seconds out of hours, chop it up, put it all over social media, a company with my massive fame, then things can absolutely not be been taken out of context. I do not hate women in any regard. I have no negative relationship with women. No women have come forward saying I've hurt them. I have no criminal record for hurting women. There's no way I can be seen as the face or the devil in regards to how men treat women on, on, on the planet. I'm absolutely not the opposite. I believe in protecting and providing. I've been misunderstood. There's been large contingents of people who have tried very hard to purport lies about me and and the the truth of the matter is I've, I've been producing content for a very long time hours and hours of videos been cut down to two or three seconds of clip those clips have gone viral and people misunderstand me but I, see, I think you, you've used this phrase to be taken out of context and i'm not i'm not sure that is correct in the sense that it still comes out of your mouth some of the things completely some of the things you've said i just think are blatantly well let's misogynous. do let, let's do them let's, well, let's, 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 them. let's go through some sure right so you said this about Me Too stroke rape. This is probably 40% of the reason I moved to Romania. In Eastern Europe, none of this garbage flies. You go to the police and say, he raped me back in 1988. They'll say, well, you should have done something about it back then. Yeah, so the point I was making was, obviously, at the height of the Me Too scandal, and also if we look at Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, there's been a lot of high-profile cases where men have been accused of things they did not do without evidence, and their lives have been completely and utterly destroyed. Right. When I say these things, people sit and say that, oh, he hates women. I don't hate women. I think rape is disgusting. I would take a stronger stance on rape than the British government. I think these people should face the death penalty. But to sit and say that women without evidence can go forward and just make up accusations against men, even though they've been repeatedly proven to destroy men's lives at will, is absolutely not. What about a woman who was raped back in 1988 and goes to the police? Then she, sh then the man should face absolute and complete justice. Uh, the, we but do you understand that when that clip appears on TikTok as a clip, and all right, as a clip, a, completely. Okay, but it's still something that came out of your mouth. Do you accept that when that appears on TikTok, a lot of young, maybe not as smart as you, young men, right, impressionable teenagers, 
will read that and go, what's he saying here? Is he saying that rape doesn't exist? No, I, I completely. I'm not going to sit here as a professional and say that I can't be taken out of context. What I will say is that one small sentence you've taken was from a one-hour video where I explained that, of course, rape is disgusting. Of course, everybody should be punished for their crimes regardless of when they happen. But people are not perfect, male and female. And if you give women the opportunity to destroy men's lives without evidence, there's going to be a contingent of women who will do that. I'm trying to make a balanced and nuanced argument in a world where people have no intention span. They're going to take a few seconds, put it online, decide someone's good or bad, not be interested in the longer format video. And here I am. I'm certainly a person who takes personal responsibility. That's who I am as a person. But we live in a world now with TikTok videos five or six seconds long. There's no content. There's do, you no think, content. do you think women are the property of men? No. So he's about to move on to another topic. So I'll just clarify my thoughts on that. Yeah, through throughout history, throughout time, th different countries. I know other countries are, are more. It was actually more of a pandemic in, in I think, India or Pakistan, where women were coming forward and... Um, saying that they were they were raped and it was it was a thing it was a real thing to get you know the money um in in this part of the country uh i would say it's a good job that we have innocent till proven guilty like we saw he rightly mentioned there with the amber Heard johnny depp case uh, you also had the kavanaugh case dr foy Bl uh, dr blasey ford was it the yeah that that carry on where rightfully the, there was no evidence and things. And again, if what Andrew Tate said there, he would take a harder stance than the, the actual government. He would, you know, sen sentence them to death. Now, I don't know about that, but this is what I'm saying. Like, if you listen to his actual, what he believes, and not listen to the, the five, ten second TikToks, you'll understand this stuff. But this is what I'm saying. Through, I talk about this a lot, through Snapchat, through Insta Reels, through YouTube Shorts, and now through TikTok, our, uh, our, uh, what's the word? Um, our, uh, what's the word? Help me out, guys. Our ability to sit down and actually watch long, long content is gone. It's been condensed down to like 10 seconds. And then we go arguing over that 10 second clip. And that's the issue. And I would even say that the, the underlying message that i feel that i get from this whole chat and i'll maybe recap on the end is is that andrew tate kind of concedes that because he now has a bigger scope that he has to watch what he says i disagree with that because i think the onus and responsibility is on those who watch the content because i'm a freedom of speech absolutist and if you're going to watch a 10 second clip and go you know do a crime or you know, start an argument and, and all that. That's on you. That is on you. And I think that's what the agenda is. It's like new speak. Like TikTok is already, I'm sure if you're familiar with TikTok, there's words that are highlighted. You're not allowed to say kill or dead. You have to say unalive. Uh, you're not allowed to say rape. You have to say R-worded. It's like they're, they're, they're grafting us into this new speak way of life where certain words are demonizing, certain words are okay. Um, I talk to Green Sunrise all the time and say that there are some countries that I believe have changed the word suicide to accidental death to kind of mask the issue because countries with huge amounts of suicide, it looks bad on the government. For me, it's the government's job to protect the people and if there's a mass amount of suicide happening, then the government need to look into it. But they won't because they want that. They want depopulation. They don't care about us. So... The, the, for me, that's the underlying message here. I think Andrew Tate, towards the last 
three quarters of the, the last quarter of the conversation really does well and kind of if I was on the fence with this guy I maybe would be pulled over the fence to say that this guy is actually one of us because of what he says some of the things he says I'm like well done he's exposing Piers Morgan's tactics and I've been a victim of those tactics on a previous podcast where they try and like you to they try and make you say that you watch Alex Jones you listen to Alex Jones you love everything he says and then they'll spend the rest of the conversation destroying Alex Jones which therefore then they think destroys you and Alex Jones deploys that tactic he also interrupts them all the time and it's it's hack job journalism this is what I that really pisses me off about this and it's why people like you and I wouldn't get on the BBC wouldn't get on these places because we would expose the these tactics oh the point I was why, making, why have you said they are because I made a religious point I said that when a man marries a woman the woman's father walks him down the aisle walks her down the aisle and hands her away to the man traditionally this is what it says in the Bible I'm a religious person I believe in God I live in the most so religious you do think the world. that the woman becomes the men I think she takes his last name I mean let's watch the clip that you said about sure this so that we can get it in context so I think my sister is my her husband's property yes when a bride is walking down the aisle to marry the groom the father walks next to her and gives her away true or false that, right. but, but, but I've, I've been married twice, as it turns out, and on both occasions, I didn't believe that the woman was being handed to me as chattel, as property. It, I, perhaps the way that that, the reason, I'm asked that question repeatedly, and I'm asked in a loaded way. So I would you and, rephrase what you said there? Now, what, that's, that's an interesting point about phrasing. The way I would say things before I was famous, mm. I had to take personal responsibility and accept right. that if I make a video that 500 people see and 1% of them misunderstand it, that's not a problem. If I make a video that 5 million people see and 1% of them misunderstand it. So specifically on that point, I think my sister is her husband's property. She took his last name. She mm. she married him. She wanted to join his family. She has so said he, it herself. Right. So she... she She's still a sovereign individual. She's absolutely not a sovereign individual. property means that, that the husband owns your sister. Listen, my friend, if you want to argue about this, you need to go back to the Bible, to the Quran. You need to argue with religious... No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about any, anything in the Bible or Quran. I'm asking but that's what you, it says. No, no, I'm asking you what you think. I think that if a woman marries a man and she decides to take his last name, that they have different roles and responsibilities within that marriage. Mm. And I believe that... That's not the question. She is... Hand, I believe don't, the father... Don't behave, I, I am. The, don't the father like, hands... Don't behave like a politician. The father hands her when to the man. Right, but don't be a politician, because I think you're a straight talker, sure. right? You keep telling me you're a straight talker. I think my sister is her husband's property. Do you regret saying it like that? I, I understand that with my newfound fame, perhaps it could be phrased differently. However, I still believe that a woman is given to the man in marriage. That's what I believe. Yeah, but not as property. No, the property is the word that other people use when but they ask a, me the question. But as a, a, an equal partner in a loving union, that's what marriage actually means. It so, doesn't mean that when you get married, the woman is given to you as a bit of chattel. I, agreed. So why say it? I, but that's the way that people ask me the question. People say to me, they ask the oh, question. Oh, hey, you do. can't blame people for asking you questions. Surely, if you want to be accountable for what sure. you've said, you've got to own your responses. Don't, don't blame the question. I own the response. Be I like believe... me asking you a question okay. now, and you say something, and then say, well, actually, I blame you for asking. I understand, Piers. Piers, I understand. I believe the woman is given to the man. I believe she's given away by the father. I believe she belongs to the man. So you she do... belongs to so the fundamentally, man. All right. So fundamentally, you do believe that a woman becomes a man's property I marriage. believe she belongs to the man in marriage, correct? Right. You see, that to me is misogyny. And you're entitled to your opinion. Right. But do you, do you do not understand why people think it is misogyny? I understand why some people can be very offended by what I say. What they do is they take a point like that and they ignore all the other points I make the other way around. Yeah, but that's, why I've, that's why I've repeatedly asked you about that line to see if you've changed your position. But the reality is you haven't. 
It's not about changing positions. I'm a full-grown adult, and I stick by the things I say, and I'm responsible for them. I which is, which, by the way, is fine. Absolutely. But so, what you did see, if you have an issue with that way, that traditional values of of you know giving away the white the, the your daughter to the to the man property and all that, don't go into a traditional value marriage. Don't date a man that's got traditional values. This is this is the issue that I have with I respect religion more so than I did ever before I got into this way of thinking because I think yes there are people who take advantage of it and become nasty and treat their women like slaves and all that yes I think they are the very very small minority people who are messed up in the head people have gone through trauma when they were children but don't I don't for one minute get into the rhetoric that or the way that things were in the in the early 1900s with traditional values not that women were oppressed women were were slaves at the kitchen sink washing dishes looking up i don't get buy into that i think successful marriages are where one is subservient one is successful and i've often said on other podcasts that if the man wants to be the one that stays home and looks after the house and looks after the children well done him you know i think ideally one parent staying home and look after the kids bringing them up doing the homework with them putting meals on the table allowing the other one to be you know stress-free going to their job and sorry if you guys can hear that there's dogs out there barking but allowing the other one to have as limited stress you know go to work strive do well get promotions for me that's the ideal partnership and it's one that's you know worked so well throughout the time but if you want to buy into the rhetoric that you know these women were and, and divorce wasn't a thing it wasn't allowed and it was a state all that crap for me it's anecdotal i've yet to see anything that, that backs that up um and and you're also ignoring my great-grandparents who had 50 and 60 year anniversaries who you know were loved each other to their dying days and all that 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 it really does put a mockery on their on on the millions and millions of successful marriages and I would argue that that way of life is much better than what we have now, where the, the su success rate of marriages is like 50%. Um, and even worse, if, if, if it's a second marriage with the dating culture, the hookup culture, um, you know, with these apps like Tinder, Plenty of Fish, and, you know, the, the nightclubs, the drink, the alcohol, the drugs and all that. And obviously the trauma from, from a young age is all adding to this stuff. It's not just uni very there's tons of things that are adding to this issue there is a real issue and it it stands people in in a good stead if you've been brought up in a household with two loving parents and um, one who stays home one that goes to work and uh, has has instilled morals and values into you and made you a virtuous good person good wholesome person um that, that that's just where i stand on that stuff so back to what I was saying, like if you have issues with that way of life, don't marry someone with those values. But I'll tell you now, if, if you do find someone that has been brought up in those environments, I guarantee there's more chance that you have a successful marriage where you work through things, you work through your problems, you talk them through, and you strive to make your marriage a success. You take your vows and you take them seriously. And that's something that's very hard to find nowadays. And... Uh, Andrew Tate goes on to say about how he would be if he was married and he kind of makes a joke about maybe he is, maybe he isn't. He doesn't want to divulge that information. But men like me, I you know, I have the same views and I would treat my women with the utmost respect 
I take my I took my vow seriously. I'd be my wife, you know, to the to my dying day, um, and and that's what I find hard when you, when you demonize guys like Andrew Tate and myself for having these views that we're the ones that you know value marriage and value this way of life. Um, it's just it's just crazy. So anyway, at the start of this little exchange, you said. You know, I wouldn't maybe say things the same way now that I did before I was famous. And yet, actually, you've doubled down and said exactly the same thing. On certain points. So that is what you believe. And that's my point. Yes. I'm trying I'm, to work out, look, I don't know you. We've correct. just met, right? Yeah. I'm trying to work out who Andrew Tate is and what you actually believe. I, I don't want to twist anything at all. Then let me make it very, very clear to the camera. I believe a woman is given to the man in, in marriage. I believe that. I also believe a man has a duty to protect and provide for her. I believe a man should lay down his life if something happens or his wife's life is threatened. I believe that men, when women and children first are on the lifeboat, lifeboats. But men, I believe that men. But a man I, doesn't own a woman. It's not no. It's, okay. Unless they literally buy them as a slave. Well, obviously we're not talking about that. We're talking about religious biblical marriage. We're talking about something else. Yeah, but I'm look, I'm a Christian. I don't believe that I, I I I own my wife. Do you believe your wife was given away to you when she took your last name? I believe that there is a process where a, a father traditionally walks his daughter down the aisle and hands his daughter to this man and they stand there and become a union of two loving so people in a partnership. No, there's no ownership involved. I didn't say anything. He's not, he's not selling her. The father of the bride isn't selling his daughter. No, absolutely. But but pro Quickly just say, they are arguing about semantics here. Like saying I own my wife is a very um, weaponized, it, it's been weaponized, that saying I own my wife. But what about when if women say, well, I own my husband? I'm okay with that. You own each other. You, you're, you're now one. You're no longer him and her. You are one. And I think it's very weaponized to kind of have the, the conversation set around men own and women. But you could quite easily flip it and say, well, I believe my wife owns me. Like if she doesn't want me doing things, we talk about it. That's fine. If I don't want my wife doing things, we talk about it. That's fine. But the whole rhetoric around owning and then it gets people arguing and having these debates on TikTok and whatever is very weaponized and it's done for a reason. Um, and, and what he just said there was brilliant as well for anyone that's hating on him and then he goes and says that and the same with me, same what I just said previously, that if, if an intruder comes into my home with a gun, I put my life in front of my wife's. Like I die for my wife. I go out and work 12 hour shifts for my wife and my family I you know that's what men do and I think that kind of you need to get some credit for that because some of the things that they're throwing out at Andrew Tate and people like me and people with traditional values is just short it's disgusting because they're not taking the whole they're not listening to the full story they're hearing you say some things like I believe my wife was given to me by her father and, and that's just the process of marriage and all that but then if you say but listen i also believe that my wife owns me i can't go doing things that my wife doesn't want me to do i took my vows seriously till death do us part you know all that kind of stuff that's the context that's missing and it and again they, they are arguing about semantics in my opinion she, be me? she becomes a member like of a your house, family is it? i think we're arguing over semantics that's we're not though, because fundamentally i don't believe a man owns a woman you do well, I don't think a man owns any sovereign individual. I don't think we live in the world of slavery. I don't own any man or any woman. Right. Nobody owns well, When anybody. you use phrases like property, that's what you imply. That's I, I understand. A, and so my point again is, you're a smart guy, right? Correct. There's no denying that. You're yeah. smart. You're a good talker. I've seen a lot of the stuff. But when you, what, what I don't think you quite fully understand... No, I understand is very when, well. ...is when too. young, impressionable people... I understand ...who are not well. as smart 
see things like, I think my sister's a husband's property, yes, and you've just reaffirmed that, yeah. that belief, they think that they have the right to own women. I understand that very well, Piers. Which That's is why, why people think you're a misogynist. Completely. I understand all of this very well, which is why when you're saying I was backtracking, I'm not. I'm Do you have any regret, though, over the way you phrase this stuff? Well, this is the point I was trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is when I was not nearly as famous and I was making long format content, I was not sitting there anticipating I'd become the most Googled man on the planet and that a few seconds could be taken out of context. That was not my anticipation. No, but it's I still what plan. you believe. It's what you believe now. So what's the difference? It's not about, it's not, you're asking me, you're saying that young people who are impressed. If you said to me, look, look, Piers, honestly, I've had time to think about this, and I wish I hadn't said it, I don't believe that. That's one thing. Actually, you said the opposite. You said, actually, that's what I think, yeah. I think that when I... So it doesn't really matter whether you recorded it when you're famous or not famous. It's what you actually believe, right? I believe that a man has a duty to protect and provide for a woman. I believe that a, a woman's father gives her away to the man. That's what I believe, and that's in, in my marriage, that's, that's the circumstance I'm going to live under. It's, if people want to live in a different scenario, that's completely theirs. They're, they're prerogative. You, you went on to say about authority over women. If I have a responsibility over it, I must have a degree of authority. Yeah. For the same reason if I have responsibility over and people are going to lose their mind, it's an example, an analogy, responsibility over a child, I have to have some authority. Yeah. So you, you believe as part of your ownership or your property of, of the woman you have authority over her. No, I believe if you have... That's what you said. I, I believe if you have responsibility over something, you have to have a degree of authority or you can't be responsible. Yeah, but authority means, again, that you're the boss. The point I'm making, if you'll please let me finish sure. this point, the point I was trying to make was talking about the safety of a woman. Mm. She was walking alone at night, and I was saying, well, I wouldn't let my woman walk alone at night. Mm. And they said, well, you're not in charge of her. You don't get to decide what she does. I said, I understand, but if I'm responsible for her safety and I'm the person who's... You see, I, I need to stop it there. You see what they do, right? Saying something like, like if my wife was going out to a concert tonight, I would say, I'm picking you up. You tell me when the concert ends and when you want picked up, I'm picking you up. I'm not allowing you to walk home. And do you know something? Her mother and her would love that. They would think that was romantic. That was very gentlemanly. It was, it's, you know, it's what you should do, right? But what they do is they demonize that so that then, and I know this sounds crazy, but eventually you're going to get women, and you probably will because this is a crazy, crazy world that we live in, women saying, I'm going to the concert tonight, I'm fine, I'm walk I don't need a man, because you get, you get women that if a man opens a door for them, they get mad, I can do it myself, I don't need a man, all that kind of crap, right? That's fine. If you want to be like that, it's fine. Good luck to the man that finally settles down with you or that, you know, if, if that ever happens, God bless him because he needs all the luck that he can get. But that's what they've done. Now, if I turned around and said, "Okay, you're you're away to a concert tonight," I'm just uh, I'll just go to bed. Uh, don't wake me up. Do you see what I mean? What What would you rather have? And, and see the women that fight against this. They're they're screwing themselves over, because ultimately, now again, this is crazy. But imagine the opposite happens and you don't go and pick up your wife, and something really bad happens. You know. And, and this is the whole victim they're, they've got a name for everything victim oh that's victim blaming a woman should be allowed to walk home by herself yes she should but if you really believe in the numbers that the mainstream are putting out there about how many rapists and murderers there are in the world would you want to walk home yourself all because you think it's I don't need a man I'm independent it's crazy it's literally crazy and this is what they're doing they're eroding away conservative or traditional values whatever it is so that there's you know more of this stuff goes on because i i ultimately believe that's what they want they want chaos 
because out of chaos comes order and their way of fixing it will be worse than a man saying, I'm picking you up tonight. You know, if, if I'm responsible for my wife's well-being, if anything happens to my wife, I couldn't live with myself. But I also know that her family would obviously have, have bad feelings towards me and, and not doing my job as a as a man, as a husband, the protector. So if I have that responsibility on my shoulders, I have some authority. Now that word authority again is like, oh, I don't like that word. That means that I'm your property. This is what they do. But me having the authority means I'm picking you up tonight. I'm not taking no for an answer. You know, that's caring, loving, and some good, good, there are some amazing good women out there that value that. That's what they want in a relationship. And I'm lucky enough that my wife is one of them. But if you're going to go with a woman that thinks that's oppressive and authoritative and, and disgusting, then good luck to you. With making sure she is safe, I have to have the authority to say, "Don't put yourself in unsafe situations." The two things are linked. Well, you don't have authority. You have the you can absolutely have the right to say to the woman you're with, "I don't think you should." But ultimately, if she but, decides, then I can't force her. Right. So course. authority implies that you have the ability to control someone. No, authority believes the authority implies that I have the moral right to sit and say that that's an irresponsible thing to do, and I'm responsible. For that's not what authority means. Well, I'm I'm not going to. If you think I'm going to lock somebody up in their room. If that's, is that what you're implying? No, I just think, I don't think you know what authority means. I know what it means. I'm saying that if well, I... Just a different description of if, what authority If means. I have responsibility for her safety, then I have to have the authority to tell her not to do unsafe Yeah, things. but authority means that you have some form of control over this woman. I, I think you're trying to... What you're trying to I'm do... I'm only trying to get to what you think. Honestly, I, am. I come with no agenda here at all. I understand. And I'm explaining very, very clearly. Mm. If I have responsibility over said subject, I have to have authority over it. So let me say, you have children, right? Right. You have responsibility for them. No, I have, I have legal authority over my children. That is very different to having legal authority over my wife or my female partner. Completely, but the point I'm trying to make... So you accept that? I, I accept that you... Because you used the analogy of responsibility for a child. My friend, these are, these are very... These are actually really important things. They're important things, but you, introdu you, introdu you interrupt me every five seconds, so it's hard for me to actually explain my point. The point I'm making here is very simple. You have children, and you're responsible for their safety, mm -hmm. so you're going to have authority to say, don't go out at night, perhaps, because you want them to be safe. I have legal authority. You have a legal authority. Yeah. Legal authority. I'm saying that if I had a woman, and the, the question where you've raised this soundbite from, mm -hmm. I was asked about protecting a woman, making sure she's safe, mm -hmm. and I would say I wouldn't want her to go out at night on her own because I'm responsible for her safety. Mm -hmm. And someone said, well, you don't have authority over her to do that. And I said, well, no, I can't force her to stay inside. But if she were to ask me, how do I protect myself at night? I would say, well, you should stay inside. That's right. how you should do That's, it. I don't have an issue with what So you we agree. Say. No, no. It's the semantics. No, it's not, it's not semantics. And this is where I don't, don't think you quite get why there's a furore over what you say. With respect. Because the semantics point would be if we're saying the same thing in different ways. But we're not. I'm saying to you that when you say I have to have some authority over a woman, I say to you, you have no right to any authority over a woman. You do over a child if it's your child because you are the legal appointed guardian of that child. Understood. You're not a legally appointed guardian or authority over your wife or female partner. Legally appointed, absolutely not. I agree. However, when it comes to things like personal responsibility or personal safety, men, largely by society, are accepted. We're the protectors and providers. We can sit here and pretend that in the world we live in, if me and my wife were walking down the street and men were to come up and try and attack us, I wouldn't be the one fighting. But we both know in reality I would. Right. I have a degree I just, of I, I have a degree of responsibility to protect her. Mm. So if I have a degree of responsibility to protect her physically, then the point I'm trying to make is I will do my best to make sure she's never putting herself in unsafe situations. You wish situations. you hadn't used the word she, authority. She, the authority is something that she would give to me. 
she would come to me and say, so is, but how, do, how can I make sure no, I'm as okay, possible? But I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to point out that's not what authority means. If someone gives, you can, a person can give Voluntary authority. authority is not authority. Uh, no, but that's the point. If it's a not. Woman, Pierce. If and a, yourself. Pierce, if a woman comes to me and says, I want you to keep me safe, she is handing me authority for her safety. But do you understand the difference between having authority over somebody and somebody giving you permission? to have authority. Completely. I never said One that. is consensual and one isn't. But why are we pretending I do unconsensual things? Because you no literally say, I must have a degree of authority. I have to have some authority. And the point Only if I'm responsible for her safety. If I'm not responsible for her safety, position, I don't have authority. If your position now is that with her permission, I would like to have authority when we go out at night to protect her, that's a different That was thing. always my position. But that's not what you said. But that was always my position. So Ideally, these are things that would be ironed out in a new relationship when you're at the dating stage. Um, I know it's quite tough, this is quite crazy, and only in my later life have I realised these types of questions you would ask very early on. Like, um, people, there's some people out there that don't have an issue with saying on the first or second date, I want to have kids, I want to have a traditional marriage, I want to do this, I want to do that, this is the way I am. Are you okay with that? Yes or no? Are we compatible? Because there's a lot of people out there that don't want to waste their time. And uh, that's each to their own. That's subjective. If, if you think that's good, then good on you. you know. But these are issues that I think can be sorted out. And I, and I find it crazy that there, there's two men on a, on a mainstream a mainstream TV program that are basically having these conversations. And you know fine that there are men and women sat at home watching this when it was out live. And they're now going to adopt this way of thinking in their real lives. So there's women that are going to be on Piers' side that's going to go the next time that they're going to go out on a dark night to a club and their husband says, I'll pick you up. And that's a norm. And they're going to turn around and say, no, no, I don't need you. I, I'm, I'm quite capable. And God forbid something happens. But you, you know that's the way the world is, that when, when people like Piers and, and people in the mainstream that we all look up to have these conversations that it's a form of brainwashing. It becomes your new lifestyle because you've heard it on TV. It makes you think, it makes you question, have I been doing things the right way, the wrong way, whatever. So I, I'm saying that, that take no notice of this. If, if you're happy and you're in a successful marriage, relationship, whatever, and it's working for you, keep at it because a successful marriage is, is basically what it's all about. Like if, if you've taken vows for me, if you complete the marriage, it's a successful one. If you don't, it's a failure. And I'm okay with saying those things. There's a lot of people that don't like that. Um, but if you've gone into that commitment and you end up coming out of it, you've failed as a, as a, as a husband or wife. So, yeah, I, I, I do. Again, it, it seems like a lot of the time I am siding with Andrew Tate. I, I did say this is a more political, philosophical kind of podcast today. But I, I have said this man is a shell. I don't side with the man. I side with the words, the words that are being said. And, and I've often said that, you know, I, I've quoted things by, by George Orwell, who was a, I, I believe was a leftist. He was a communist. But his book, I've cited a lot of things out of there. That doesn't mean to say that I can't cite things from a man that's a leftist, even though I don't agree with leftist ideology. So just bear that in mind, guys. So, again, I simply say to you, do you... It is what I said. Do you wish you'd phrased it a different way? No, because we're talking about long-format copy where I'm talking about a woman who has come to me and said, you're responsible for making sure I'm safe. I said, well, then I have to make the decisions. When an 18-year-old boy reads, I must have some authority over a woman, what do you think he thinks? Well, I understand that 
and I said this earlier when you tried to say I was backtracking, which I'm not doing. I no, no, actually, I'm not. I don't want to. Okay. I'm not trying to go to you. Cool. I'm trying to work out exactly what you. I understand. Think. With massive fame comes massive responsibility. I understand that a percentage of the population are always going to take everything that's said by anybody out of context. Would you change the wording of what you said? No, I would just encourage people to watch my long format copy and understand. Would it you tell an 18-year-old boy you don't have? authority over women absolutely uh, you would unless, say that unless a woman comes to him and says you're responsible for my safety please make sure keep me safe like well, my see, woman uh, that andrew tate i can sign up to well then we agree yeah but i don't agree with what you said before because you're taking a sound bite from a two-hour yeah, but you haven't been taken out of context because i read you the entire sentence it's very well, you've ignored all the context around the sentence my friend you can't ignore a sentence that says, I must have a degree of authority. But you can when the, there's a two-hour conversation where a woman is telling me if she makes me responsible for her safety and me explaining, well, if I'm responsible for your safety, I have the authority to make decisions. So, do, yes, do you, you've ignored you, all the context. Do you respect women? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? Do you think that 18, 19-year-old women are more attractive than 25-year-old women? I think there's attractive people. Uh, that's, that's a loaded question. I don't know. Well, it's not really, is it? I, I can't you know why I'm asking you. Of course I do, but I can't sit well, here and for say... For the benefit of viewers who don't know why I'm asking, you said this. In general, this is also one of the reasons men find youth attractive. You want to blow up the internet? I'll blow up the internet right effing now. The reason 18 and 19-year-olds are more attractive than 25-year-olds is because they've been through less dick. People say, oh, you can't say that, but yes, I can. A 19-year-old is more attractive than a 26-year-old woman, and I'll tell you why. Because that 26-year-old has talked to more guys, been to the club more times, being effed and dumped more times, more arguments, more mess, more for me to clean up. That is misogyny. Why? Because you are encouraging a mindset about 25-year-old women that makes them sound out to be infinitely less desirable than 18, 19-year-olds and having effectively been having too much sex to be taken in a more respectful way. That would, well, firstly, even if that was the case, that wouldn't be misogyny. But what did you mean by what you said? That's not misogyny because it's not anti-women. I'm, I'm saying that an 18 or a 19-year-old woman would be more desirable. Pretty anti-25-year-old woman. Anti-25-year-old women, we can argue, but not misogyny. Well, that's misogyny. Well, that's, that's, no, 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 it's well, not. Being anti-any woman at all is misogyny. Not when, I'm, not when I'm saying that women are beautiful and attractive at a certain age and saying that age... You're saying 18, 19-year-olds are more attractive than 25 Well, then ageist, perhaps, but misogynistic, absolutely is that not. Really, but you just accepted it was misogyny. No, I didn't. You said it was more misogyny. I'm telling you, no, it's not. So you don't think if you're saying slightly hateful things about a 25-year-old... That's not slightly hateful. Well, it is. You it's think you, you say that to a woman's face if she's 25? It's not slightly hateful. When so you're, you would go up to a 25-year-old woman and tell her exactly what I've just read Why out. would I walk up to a random 25-year-old woman? Because you said it in public on the that. internet, and it's been listened to and watched by millions and millions of young, Correct. impressionable boys. Correct. There was a large panel. There was a conversation. Right. There was hours long of conversation. There were feminists attacking men for toxic masculinity and attacking me and saying things. And I said things back, which were going to antagonize But I think, them. see, I'm... I so, think, which you've done yourself a, a bunch of times. I think a lot of allegations of toxic masculinity are not toxic. Correct. I do think that kind of uh, sentence that I just read out, that, that paragraph, is actually toxic. If you genuinely mean that, and you say you wouldn't say it to a woman's face, but you said it in public about women of that age, I do think that's misogynist. And I think you probably do too. So that statement right there is the one that I, I kind of, I, I like to talk about more, although I'm not good at it. But I, I, I definitely think there's some truth in that. But that's, that's what sums up Andrew Tate. Saying things in that manner, you know, it was a disgusting thing to say. But there's truth in it, you know, in my opinion. Um, the way he put it was what gets him the fame and it gets the people pissed off. It's very divisive, pissed off a lot of women, rightfully so. Um, however, 
there is truth to it and it goes both genders like like uh for for, for if, if you have a child and it gets to the dating age okay i'll start again right when i have friends who become single and then they start dating a girl you know and i know or certainly we do we ask each other has she ever been married does she have kids how many kids is it to the same father blah blah, blah. the reason we ask these questions is because we know there's going to be some trauma from those experiences maybe the divorce was a bad divorce maybe the ex is causing issues and it's going to cause your life to be more stressful than what it should be um are the kids well behaved all that kind of stuff that's real life conversations and we have them for a reason so i think the way he put it andrew tate put it very divisive gonna divide in uh, women and men get people arguing but ultimately it's true you know youth i think even I don't know too much about this, but I know there is a thing here but that where men view fertility and youth as like, a, a, maybe they don't consciously do it, but subconsciously men do go for youth and fertility. Um, they're more visual characters, creatures, sorry. Um, so there's that as well. But again, what Andrew Tate said is very subjective. You might get a 25-year-old woman who is a virgin and hasn't been through those experiences so that throws that out of the water, but it doesn't really. What what he's, the, again, the way he said it's wrong, but the 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 meaning behind it is right. You know, I I genuinely think I was one of those guys that when I was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I would love to have met a childhood sweetheart and been with her, married her, had the two kids, had the nice house, had the two cars in the drive. That was what I wanted, and unfortunately for me, and it did affect me throughout a lot of my twenties. Uh, whenever I had a breakup that it really hurt like I, it was like starting the cycle over again getting to that four or five year mark relationship ends get to the four or five year mark relationship ends and it, and it's a constant cycle and now because we have to contend with um, hookup culture you know I have um, I know people that um, whenever you know the, the honeymoon period's over and the arguments start they're instantly looking elsewhere they're on Facebook they're on Twitter they're on uh, all these dating apps tinder plenty of fish and they're seeking the next best thing and then the honeymoon period it's, it's just the cycle and then you have obviously the the culture here in the uk not so much maybe in america but where we all like to go out at weekends get drunk you know nightclubs till three in the morning where our inhibitions are lowered mistakes can happen things can happen and that's all contributing factors as to why relationships and marriages are breaking down whereas when you look at the the older generations they didn't have any of these things and they took their vows seriously. Any issues they had, they sat down at the table and they had a family meeting, they had talks, they talked it through, they worked with each other. So now you hear a lot of people say, sometimes you just meet someone, you get to that couple of years in, you realise you're just different people and you and you move on. That's fine if, if that's what you want. But there are people out there that don't want that. They want foolproof, you know, solid relationships to build on to make strong, to go through life experiences, to go holidays together, to have kids together, to get married, to go on adventures and learn more about. And that's a beautiful thing as well. So don't knock it. So I often think when when, when we talk about traditional values, the, the, the left or the people that are against it feel as if they're being, but we're not. We're just saying, look, we'll do us, you guys do you. 
and and you know i i tend to agree with the traditional values like i look up to my grandparents who were together as i say 40 50 60 year anniversaries and still loved each other the same way they did when they first met i love it because they value it they value and if it's not for you it's not for you this conversation isn't for you but i i would definitely push back on you know what they're trying to do here I don't think it's misogynistic. I understand why it can be insulting. So you wouldn't say it to a woman's face? I'd say, well, it depends. You're making out like I'm walking around the street going up to random 25 Well, if they do, you're doing it to tens of millions of people online. There's no difference, Not at all. We're discussing a topic. We were discussing the, the ideal age of a man. Should, should young boys, right, in their teens, are you comfortable that they would have that mindset? Be I, honest. I think that young boys in their teens lack life experience. They lack nuance. And they need to be very, very careful what they're digesting online, whether it's my content or anybody else's. Yeah, I think you know for a fact millions of them are digesting exactly what you're saying. Completely. The entire internet, to a degree, I think any, any subject you can find, there's going to be a whole heap yeah, of I come back to the Joe Rogan thing, Andrew. Is that a lot of what you say, I agree with. Yeah. Right? I do, genuinely. I've read a lot, I've seen a lot of stuff he said. A lot of the stuff you talk about, I think, yeah, he's got a good point. Right? Somebody agree about a lot of things. But when I read that kind of thing, I'm like, I just, how much of that is you? How much of that is some act? Do you regret saying stuff like this? I don't. And actually, do you see it as weakness to admit you shouldn't have said something like that? No, I don't live with regret. I think what's happened is that, like I said, long format content, arguments with feminists, arguments with the toxic masculine crowd, arguments with the left, and they're going to take a small clip, small sentence from ours, and they're going to try and paint me as a. But I'm not left or right. I don't know what you are, Pierce. Exactly. That's my point. No, and, but that's my point. And I understand. <laughs> and, and you're doing exactly as I knew would happen on this interview, which is because you're a busy man. You're not going to watch hours and hours and hours of video. Actually, I have watched hours and hours of video. And I'm going to come to the stuff where I agree with you. And I'm going to come to the stuff about your censorship, sure. which I have issues with. So this is you know, it's a long interview, right? Sure. I just thought off the top, you said to me, and you were quite bold about it. Well, go on, then. Let's go through this. And you, and you should keep going. I will sit here and stand by what I said. I believe that on man... That, on that, I just read to you then. Yeah. Do you wish you hadn't said that? I understand how it's been misconstrued. I understand how it's been weaponized against me. Do I regret it because it's been weaponized and used against me? Well, that's slightly annoying. Did that's I, not why did, I Did I at the time mean what I said in, in the context of the conversation, mm. which obviously you, you, you're not familiar with and the people at home are not familiar with? No, I meant what I said. The 25-year-old women, they've just talked to more guys, been to the club more times, been effed and dumped more times, more arguments, more mess, more for me to clean up. Well, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of context and conversation around that that's been missed. And I, I don't think people. I'm missing much context. Well, I, pretty... I, I encourage people who are interested to go watch it. No, but, I mean, I've just read out three sentences on the bounce there. I don't think there's any context I'm missing. I mean, you you made it pretty clear what you think about the difference between 18 and 90-year-old women. I wasn't talking about years. myself, even. I was explaining. I was talking with a Muslim guy who was on a panel, and he was explaining how youth is very valid, valued in most parts of the world, mm. and why virginity is valued in most parts of the world. And the feminists were arguing against it. And I was sitting there, actually, very much like you, a mediator between the two, explaining why in most of the world still today, perhaps not in the Western world, virginity is coveted, youth is coveted in most of the world, and, per, and throughout all of human history. And I was sitting there making the point, explaining why in certain parts of the world they think how they do, well, even, though it's, of the world. even though it's very different to the Western world. So I was making a point, mediating between two groups very similar to mm. yourself, the conversation has been misunderstood. They've taken this clip of it, and it's been weaponized and used against me. I understand that. It's because I'm now the most famous Google person on the planet. It's inconvenient, sure. But I'm definitely not a danger to women in any regard. Mm. I date women 25, 26, 27 years old all the time. None of them are offended by the things I don't I think you're a danger to women. Of I think the, I think the danger, if it, if it concerns you, 
the danger is the influence you have on young men to have this kind of mindset about women. And that's really where I'm trying to get to what you really believe and how much you've just shot off because you think it's like entertaining and you haven't really given it much thought. And whether now you're a bit older and you've had all the fallout, whether part of you is thinking, actually, by had, as Joe Rogan says, if you hadn't said stuff like this, you'd probably still be on all these platforms. You'd be massively more popular, massively more famous, massively richer. So I'm really just trying to get to on the blatantly misogynist stuff. Do you yeah. just wish you hadn't said it? With great power comes great responsibility. Mm. It was certainly said before the great power came. It's inconvenient to a degree. However, like I said at the time, with the context of the conversation, I know that I'm not saying things which I believe to be detrimental to the world. However, they've been misconstrued and they've been misunderstood. If a 25-year-old woman was watching this, would you say, I'm sorry for saying that? Well, I wouldn't want anyone to be offended by anything I say. But yeah, I say it, things it, but I say things that offend. And this is the thing that's interesting, Piers. Please let me finish. Are you, again, you're Please. behaving like a politician. But hang on. You can say I'm interrupting. You do. But, if, but you're answering a different question to the one I asked you. So as an interviewer, you're, sure. Be, okay, you're so behaving. I, sure. Okay, let's, sure. Okay, you accept that. Let's no accept problem. we both no got problem. Our, Okay. So again, my point is simply, if a 26-year-old woman is watching this and has heard those comments, yeah. would you just say to her, I, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. No, I won't. I will say that I am sorry that that offends you. However, there's a large contingent of the world. That doesn't and, mean you're sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. That's the point I'm making. I'm sorry if that offends you. However, there's a large contingent of the world that believe that, and I was mediating for a conversation. Parts of the world that believe that about 26-year-old women are parts of the world where women are not allowed out on their own. That's your. That's a conversation. They have to wear have. full burkas. Well, that's a conversation. They're not allowed have. to drive cars. That's nothing to do with. But me. is that the kind of world for women that you? I was mediating. A, I was mediating a conversation. No, I'm asking you what you think. I, I don't live in a country where that happens. So you're using that as the excuse for why you're not sorry for saying it. It's not an excuse. Is that there are parts of the world where this is fine? My friend. So my question to you is, well, do you think it's fine? I don't think it's fine. I live in a world where... You don't think it's fine? My, the reason This I, isn't that hard, Andrew. You can simply say, Piers, you know what? With the benefit of hindsight, I wish I hadn't said it like that. And if a 26-year-old woman's watching, I'm sorry I said that, because that actually is blatantly misogynist. And even though that's a view held by other parts of the world, it's not a view I share. Now, I would respect you more if you said that yeah. than if you try and say, well, it's said in other parts of the world, so I'm not sorry. I think you that need, doesn't tell me what you think. Then you need to understand why my content existed in the first place. My content existed because I tried my very hardest to be an absolute and not a realist, especially with uncomfortable truth. Mm. I was pointing out that very uncomfortable truth. Is that truth. a truth? It's an uncomfortable truth in many parts of the world. It's not a truth that I'm happy about. It's not a truth oh, I'm creating. Hang on, no, hang on. You're digging it again. What do you mean that's a truth in other parts of the world? That's what you said. It's not, you're not talking about another part of the world. You're talking about what you believe is the difference between 18 and 90-year-olds and 26-year-olds. I was talking about... It's your belief. I was talking about what the people on the panel believe the difference is. So what do you think the difference is? I think the difference is age. What's the difference then? Well, then, a 26-year-old is older than a 19-year-old. And so you stand by what you said about talking to the guys, being to the club more times, being left the dump more times. Well, do you I, believe that or not? No, there's plenty of 26-year-old women who have been with one man or, or virgins, right. of course. So you don't believe that? I don't think that the age is the only thing that's going to decipher well, how many men or women... Right, so if you don't actually believe what you said, just say sorry. It's not about not believing what I'm saying. It's about you understanding that there's large conversations going on. I'm just reading context. back stuff you've said. I know and you I'm are. asking you, do you believe it? I believe that it's more likely a 26-year-old's had more partners than a 19-year-old. Right. You don't know that. I don't know that. You're right. In fact, there could be absolutely no evidence for that whatsoever. Completely agree. So why say it? Why stigmatize all 26-year-old women? We're, it's not about we're repeating ourselves here. We're not really. I'm just trying to get to what you actually believe. I believe that men find youth attractive in general. I believe that in the context of the conversation, 25-year-old women aren't old. I, I agree with you. They're not, especially they're. I'm, I'm old. 
you're, you know, I'm a lot older than that. Hmm. The point I was making was part of mediating a panel, a conversation between feminists and some Muslim guys. I get it. Okay, I get it. good. So you, you understand why I said the sentence. But as far as I know, you weren't espousing what a Muslim man might think. You were espousing what you think. I was espousing what the people on the panel believed. But you were saying what you think. Is, is I, I, I feel like you're trying to pin me down. If it's not what you believe, just say, I don't believe that. I think we'll stop it right there, guys. I'm going to release these episodes in increments. I think it'll, but judging by the timeline, it'll probably be three episodes at roughly an hour long. This one so far is at 59 minutes. So that's pretty good time where it stopped. That last little segment there was pretty cringy. He's he's trying to, as, as Andrew rightfully points out, he's trying to pin him down, trying to get him to say apologise, I am sorry and all that. And rightfully so, he's standing true to his word. And uh, yeah... The conversation does get better. I think he, he then sides with uh, Andrew Tate on some of the things he said. But then the last portion, I think, is just is just brilliant from Andrew Tate. Um, but I will record the rest of the interview probably tomorrow. I'm night shift this week. So I'll get up early enough tomorrow, sit down and do the second uh, second part. And I'll upload load them as, as we go. But ultimately, I'd like to know what you guys think. Uh, maybe looking so far, I'm thinking maybe I could co condense it down. Maybe clip out the parts that I like rather than watching the whole thing, especially with the... I think this interview is... How, how long is it? It's, it's over an hour, I know that. So maybe just cutting out the bits that are talking points and just doing them would, would be better. Um, let, me, let me know what you think, guys. But um, these, t these conversations, these debates... Are something that I've I've always liked to listen to, watching two guys like this go to work. And, and again, I want to reiterate: for me, what we're seeing here is is two guys on the same side. Although Piers Morgan seems to be against what Andrew Tate's saying, I think both are, are on the same agenda. They both maybe they, they they differ politically. Maybe maybe they are being genuine with their political beliefs. But I think genuinely they're coming together to curtail freedom of speech, and and they know that. So it's all about you know trying to get them to, to say the certain phrases that the audience can take away and implement into their life and alt, uh, alter you know people's realities and change the way that we perceive life. So I really hope you've enjoyed this. Let me know again in the comments. I'm really eager to know if you think these are worthwhile doing. If you've got any suggestions for any videos or clips that you want me to give my own feedback on, please, again, let me know. You can reach out to me on Baram you podcast on Instagram, which is mainly where I post. Or if you have Telegram, I'm on there at uh, Baram you podcast again. Um, I always upload to to Bitchute, uh, Rumble, and Odyssey are for video. If you just like to hear and listen to these things, I upload to Anchor and Castbox. But I think Anchor they do upload to Spotify, Google, uh, the Google iTunes, uh, Google, whatever it is, Google Podcasts. And, and there are many others. Breaker, I think it is. Um, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I, I think this kind of podcast is a it's, a it's a refreshing way to do it rather than the onus being on me or watching content that I'm sure you guys have all seen and I'm just giving you my feedback because a lot of people sit down and watch these things for face value and I think there's always an, an alternative agenda behind why they're allowing people like this to blow up and then having them on a podcast usually is for an agenda so if you disagree with me let me know as well i'm always open to, to criticism and and feedback so uh 
yeah thanks guys thanks for watching and as i always say enjoy the rest of your week and turn off your tvs bye guys